everybody. Here we go! Off to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the happiest thing. Now here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is Matt, who is WDW Paparazzi on Instagram. He also writes blog posts on hospitalityvitae.com, and he is able to visit the parks quite often, some of the other parks in the Orlando area as well. I know you go on cruises as well. So Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe tell somebody who's not as familiar with your page kind of what you're about and what the content is that you like to create. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Brendan. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, so I am the WDW Paparazzi on Instagram. That name is kind of a bit of a joke. Uh, I earned the nickname from my wife, uh, primarily because it's very rare that you'll see me walking around any of the Disney parks without a camera in my hand. And it's primarily to take pictures of my children, capture the memories that we're making as a family, uh, but she jokingly refers to me as the WDW Paparazzi, so that was the name that kind of stuck when I first started my Instagram about a year and a half ago, close to two years ago now. Um, so, yeah, you know, you're right. I do get to visit the parks fairly frequently. My family and I relocated to the Florida area about five years ago, and pretty much the first thing we did when we moved down this way was we bought the annual passes, and we've been we've been going frequently ever since. I, uh, I grew up going to Disney, um, living in the Washington, D.C. area. I didn't get there as frequently as you know, I would have liked, but I definitely grew up going to Disney World with my family every year. And to be able to share that passion for Disney with now my three children, um, it's been awesome, just awesome to be able to be this close, uh, to get there as often as we do, and to share my passion for all things Disney with my kids has been uh, pretty incredible over the last few years. That's awesome. So I'm interested in if you could take us to that moment a year and a half ago when you decided to start your page, kind of what was that spark or what was that push over the edge that you decided to create the account and jump into the Disney community? Yeah, so I was finding myself, so I think a lot of Disney Instagrammers have sort of what they refer to as their personal page and then a Disney account. I decided to make the leap to a Disney-focused account um, one, because I think a lot of my friends who aren't in the Disney community were getting sick and tired of seeing all my Disney photos all the time, or at least they would joke with me about that. When are you not in Disney, they would ask me. Um, and so I did, it, I did it primarily because I wanted to have a dedicated place where I could post all of my Disney photos and almost create more of an online scrapbook for me and my kids to look back at all of our adventures and memories over the last couple of years. So it primarily started out of a way for me to archive all of our journeys as a family. So my kids, you know, they're not on Insta Instagram or any social media yet. They're pretty young, but, you know, one day they might be. And to be able to have them look back and, and see all of our photos that we've done over the years, it's crazy. I don't post a ton of pictures of my own kids on my social media, but it is funny to go back and look at photos of them when we first started going and photos of them now. I mean, it's, they've pretty much grown up going to Disney parks and to see them evolve and grow and, and, and the pick them up. My, my youngest child just turned four 
and she went to Disney World for the first time when she was four months old. So obviously she was way too young to appreciate it, but I had older kids, so that's why we would take her with us, and she's grown up going to the park. So to be able to see photos from when we first started going as a family four years ago to now is, is pretty fun to go back and look at look at all those memories. And Instagram is a great way to just sort of catalog and, and archive those those memories. What has that evolution been like where you grew up, where you mentioned that you went to Disney with your family growing up in the D.C. area, and now being able to visit the park so frequently, kind of how has that evolution of your love for the parks evolved over time and kind of what has it meant to you in that in that transformation process? It's definitely been pretty special being as close as we are. You know, for example, yesterday um, happened to be the, uh, well, we're filming this uh, or recording this on October 2nd. Yesterday was October 1st. So that was obviously the anniversary of Magic Kingdom and Epcot, as well as the Polynesian and Contemporary um, Resort. So didn't get to make it to the parks yesterday, but I was looking back at some of my photos from this day last year, which was Epcot's 35th anniversary. And then this day two years ago was Magic Kingdom's 45th anniversary. So being able to be close enough that we can visit the parks on these special anniversary days. Um, you know, we were fortunate to be at the Animal Kingdom this past April for their 20th anniversary. So it's just, it's really special to be able to be close enough that when there's something special going on, um, we're close enough that we can, we can hop in the car and be there and then be able to take in all the, all the magic on all these special occasions. So you mentioned that your wife came up with your name for you and, and kind of stuck with WDW paparazzi because you always have that camera in your hand. So what um, kind of what's your style and what's your approach to trying to capture the beauty of the parks? I know you take some pictures of your family, like you mentioned, but whenever you kind of are developing your style for photography, what kind of things are you looking for? Yeah, I'm usually trying to get unique perspectives of some of the icons. I mean, I think, you know, you go on Instagram, you go on anybody's page, including my page, there's no shortage of photos of Cinderella's castle. One of the things I've tried to do is try to find somewhat unique vantage points of it. Because um, the cool thing about the castle is you can pretty much see it from every part of Magic Kingdom. So even if you're on, you know, obviously everybody loves the iconic shot being at the top of Splash Mountain, and trying to capture Cinderella's Castle right before the big drop on Splash Mountain. But there's other parts of the park where if you're on a ride and you're at the right angle, you can get some pretty cool photos of the castle. So you can get it from the Magic Carpets of Aladdin, for example, all the way in Adventureland. So there's different places that I just try to capture the castle. And really just trying to capture, like I said, I try to get there for as many of the special events that are possible. So being there to get photos of you know, things that are pretty unique, sort of once one-time only events is what I what I uh, feel pretty passionate about trying to capture. Just because, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't know how long, you know, I never thought I'd be living in Florida. So I don't, that being said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be in Florida forever. So the way I look at it is try to take advantage of being as close as I am while I'm here and just, you know, savor, savor all of it. Certainly. So you made that jump and decided to write some blog posts around Disney. And like we mentioned before, that's on hospitalityvti.com. Um, if you need the link to that, that can be found in your Instagram as well. So what was it that attracted you to writing blog posts? And what kind of blog posts do you enjoy writing about Walt Disney World? 
So I was a journalism major in college and actually uh, dabbled in journalism and newspaper writing for a while. And so I've always had sort of a passion for writing. And so being able to blog about Disney really takes two of my passions and two of my hobbies and combines the two. So being able to write about Disney and blog about Disney and share my experiences and tips um, with fellow Disney fans has been really fun. And you're at Hospitality Vitae. Uh, so a colleague of mine has their own travel industry or hospitality-focused blog, and she's asked me to be sort of the contributing writer for all things Disney. And right now I'm actually working on a four-part series. Uh, we're two, two parts down, two to go, of uh, four reasons to visit Walt Disney World during the fall. So it started right around Labor Day. Everybody's feeling the post-summer blues. School started. Everybody's sort of... Uh, sad about summer ending, so I decided to write a four-part blog post about why you shouldn't be sad, you should embrace this time of year, especially at Walt Disney World, and so far I've blogged about Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and of course Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is two of the key reasons why now is the perfect time to visit Disney this time of year. So I would say the blog, since it's not a Disney-focused blog um, per se, because it's sort of an all-encompassing hospitality-slash-travel blog. I'm not necessarily writing for the Disney fanatic. Now, there's a lot of blog posts that, that, that are catering to the Disney fanatic, and my blog is more geared towards somebody who might visit once a year, once every other year. They might find themselves being part of a family trip to Disney World that they didn't necessarily plan. So how can I help them make the most of it by sharing some tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way and passing on sort of my wisdom for the person who's not necessarily the biggest Disney fanatic in the world but might need some help. And it's pretty fun. Like I said, I, when I moved here from the Washington, D.C. area, you know, it's pretty much once a week I'll get a text or a, a Facebook message from one of my friends back home who's visiting Disney World for the first time. And, you know, they're asking me for tips and advice. And it's, it's really fun to be able to share that with people. That's sort of what the blog is meant to do as well, just sort of broadly sharing some basic advice and tips for people who want to make the most of their time in Disney World. It's interesting that you mentioned that that's kind of your approach and, and your target um, reader because uh, my wife and I were, were reading the one about the International Food and Wine Festival um, post earlier today, and we both commented on how your approach is really accessible to particularly friends that we have that are not those Disney fanatics, like you mentioned, that we're trying to get them to go down there and see the appeal that it's not just, you know, standing in line to meet Mickey Mouse, that there are so many right. other things that you can do. And so, yeah, I think it's an, it's an excellent uh, kind of angle on writing on the Disney topic. Yeah, no, thank you. And that's the fun part because I have a lot of friends who, you know, they, they, again, being sort of far removed from, from the Disney world, kingdom, you know, in the Washington, D.C. area, obviously they, they know what Disney World is all about, but they always kind of tease me like, there, how much is there to actually do in Disney World? How can you be there so often and still enjoy it? And I'm like, man, you have no idea. Like, it's a whole universe, and it's not just about standing in line meeting Mickey Mouse, although that is very fun to do, and I love meeting Mickey Mouse, but that is just one small part of it. And so you're right. I mean, trying to make it as accessible to people who might not be as familiar with all it has to offer it's something that I've been trying to do with my, uh, not only my blog, but with my, my Instagram as well. So, again, I try to encourage my friends to, to check it out and, you know, 
think about making a visit down here. I want to talk about one of your other blog posts that you did, and that one was centered around customer service. And you mentioned in there that you get asked all the time, you know, why do you love Walt Disney World so much? And the reason is surprising to a lot of people that it's the customer service. Um, so I know you have a fun story that goes along with that. And can you talk about a little bit of what that means to you and kind of why, why, why that plays such a big role in getting you to continue visiting parks? Yeah, so it is one of my favorite stories. You're right. I mean, so a couple years ago, we were visiting um, my middle child. My middle son was 43 and three quarters of an inch. So for those of you who are familiar, the height requirement for Space Mountain, 44 inches. And he was, like I said, maybe a quarter of an inch too short. But we had hyped it up. I mean, we were driving down. And it was like, all right, I think this is the day, Noah, you're finally going to make it. And we get to the front of the line, and he missed it by a fingernail. And so he started crying immediately, um, and I felt bad. Obviously, the cast members felt bad, but, you know, I'm like, that's life. You know, you, you're not tall enough. You, you, uh, you didn't make it. There's always next time. So my older son and my wife got on the ride, and I stayed back with, with, my, uh, with my middle son and then my, my daughter, who wasn't tall enough to ride either. And we started to walk away, and the cast member there pulled out a paper fast pass, and one that I don't see very often, I don't think I've ever seen it before to that point, and it was good for any ride at the Magic Kingdom, including Seven Doors of Mine Train. Uh, there was no, like, exceptions, no blackouts. It was, it was a fast pass, like a super fast pass. I'm not even sure what they're called, but it was a fast pass that allowed him to get on any ride in the park. And he handed that to my son, and, I mean, obviously the tears stopped right then and there. My, eyes, my son's eyes got as big as basketballs, and he just felt like a million bucks. He felt like a superstar. And that is sort of the Disney customer service approach that it just it, it gives you this reassurance that they're going to take care of everything they can to make your stay magical. Um, and the example that I use is, I mean, I used to work for a, a hospitality company. I do work for a hospitality company now, in full disclosure, and, and one of the things that our, our company likes to pride itself on is you, it's, it's one thing to resolve a guest's problems if you yourself cause the problem, right? I mean, Disney is great about fixing a problem that they them, themselves caused it, right? So you're on a ride, it breaks down, they give you a fast pass, you go on something else. This obviously was in no way, shape, or form Disney's fault, and yet, they still went above and beyond to fix a problem that they themselves had nothing to do with. And that, to me, is the difference between good customer service and great customer service, and that's what makes me come back because it's that reassurance that they're going to do all they can to make our stay and our, our experience as magical as possible uh, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think that stories like that are really refreshing, and I think that it's important for us Disney fans to hear stories like that because – Probably we've all had, maybe not to that extent of, of that great of an impact, but we've all had those experiences where the cast member went above and beyond to be able to make your visit as magical as possible. So I think um, that's something that sometimes Disney fans take for granted um, and don't. it's not kind of on the forefront of their mind, but it is something that – you know, that's the distinguishing factor that, that really makes Disney stand apart and, and really, like you said, it puts your mind at ease that you know that if there's anything that they can do to help you enjoy your visit any more than they're going to 
take those extra steps. Yeah, there's one other quick example. I mean, I I didn't blog about this, but it is buried deep in my in my uh, Instagram post, probably from about a year ago. This time, we brought my niece to Disney World for the first time. She was out in the Utah area, so again, she doesn't get to visit as often as I think she's been once now. Um, and who knows when she'll come back? Maybe it could be two, three years before she's back. So we were at Magic Kingdom one day. We had a fast pass for the. So if you're, if you're familiar with this, that the the Princess Meet and Greet fast passes at Magic Kingdom is. Tiana and Rapunzel is one set of fast passes, and then Cinderella and Princess Elena is the other. So we did a fast pass for Tiana and Rapunzel. We went through it, and then after it was over, I said, I said, you want to see something really cool? So I asked the cast member at the front, I said, can we just sneak into the front just so we can get a glimpse of Cinderella's uh, slipper? So again, if you're not familiar with, with the entrance to the meet and greet area for Cinderella, there's a glass slipper right at the front that you can see and take pictures of, and it's really cool. So I said, look, I just want to get a picture. Yeah, I just want to show my niece a pic- the slipper real quick. I want her to get a picture of the slipper, and then we'll be on our way. So they're like, yeah, no problem, no problem. So while we were doing that, another cast member came by and was like, have you met Cinderella yet? And I said, no, no, we just, we just met Tiana and Rapunzel. We just wanted to get a picture of the slipper, and we'll be on our way. And she's like, no, 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 come with me. And then she escorted us through the fast pass line, so my niece can meet Cinderella and Elena as well. So again, it's those unexpected moments when you when you least suspect it's going to happen. A cast member is there just to make your day that much more magical. Yeah, that's great, uh, and thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, that's a wonderful story as well. So the last question I want to ask before we jump into our lightning round is just what has the Disney community meant to you? So jumping into Instagram and being able to interact with all these different people who love Disney just as much as you, kind of what has that meant to you? It's been really cool, I'll be honest. I mean, you're right. There's a whole world of um, Instagram users and bloggers and, and YouTubers who, who are all out there for the same purpose, right? It's all about sharing a passion for Disney, and people come about it with different angles or different um, you know, different mediums, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or blogs or whatever, but they're all there for the same reason. So it's definitely exposed me to some pretty cool people. Um, one of the groups that I belong to on on Facebook and Instagram is called Disney Colors. Um, I encourage you to check it out. There are some photographers on there who will just blow your mind. Um, so I've learned some great tips and tricks um, from these guys. So you're always learning something. You're always meeting new people. Um, and it's just great to be able to meet people that have this common bond and shared passion for all things Disney. I'm glad you mentioned that because at the time that we're recording this episode, it has not dropped yet. But we actually record, we actually, uh, at the time that this episode drops, our episode with Lewis from Disney Nuts, ah, I believe, is yeah. in Disney Color, uh, will be out. So if you haven't listened to that one, I suggest going back because Lewis um, has some outstanding photography. I think we can all agree on that. And and um, always there to help, I think, is is the big thing that, that Lewis really uh, exuberates. Absolutely. Yeah, Disney Nuts, he's, he's the godfather of Disney photography, no <laughs> doubt. And you're right, he's always there. He's so humble about it, too. I mean, he, his pictures could be, I mean, Disney would be smart to hire this guy to be their official Disney world photographer. He's that good. And, and yet he's so humble, and he's always there to lend a hand, show you some tips. He'll share his settings with you. You know, it's not like he's one of these guys who, who hides his settings or whatever. I mean, he actually mm-hmm. does YouTube tutorials 
so I can plug in this guy's uh, podcast, which which is probably going to be really awesome. I can't wait to hear it. But I mean, he he's great. And um, so yeah, if you have a chance to listen to his podcast or check out his uh, his YouTube site or his his Instagram, you should definitely do it. Absolutely. So let's jump into the lightning round. So we'll just throw out some Disney topics, and if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, so everybody can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Sure. First one is name the Disney parks that you visited. And for you, I'm going to throw in also name the Disney Cruise Line boats that you've been on. Okay, yeah. So uh, I've just been to the Walt Disney World um, parks thus far. I was out in California about three, four years ago for work. But I was not there with my family, so I did not feel right about going to Disneyland without them. I did eat in the downtown Disneyland area. But I've not been to a Disneyland park yet, either Disneyland or California Adventure. But that is high up on the list. I happen to have a younger brother who lives out in Southern California, so we will be planning a trip out to uh, to meet him next year, so we can check out Disneyland. And you're right, I have been on one Disney cruise so far. It was a seven-day Western Caribbean cruise on the Disney Fantasy uh, in 2017, which was awesome. Perfect. I I'm going to adopt this in our um, chat with. Doug Does Disney, he called for the people who are Walt Disney World, kind of at their home park, whenever you take that trip to Disneyland Resort, he coined it as a pilgrimage, which I feel like is so appropriate uh, for the Disney lovers who are, are going to make that trip after they've been exposed to Walt Disney World. That's right. I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you have a passion for, for Walt Disney as, as a person himself, it's obviously something that's going to be totally... Um, almost a religious type experience being at the park that he built with his two hands, basically. And you know, the walk, the walking in Walt's footsteps tour uh, is certainly high up on my list when I do get a chance to go out there. Certainly. And so the next question would be, which is your favorite park and why? I think it's got to be Magic Kingdom. I mean, I love what they've done with Animal Kingdom. Obviously, the Pandora section is awesome. Uh, I love what they've done with Hollywood Studios and what they're continuing to do with Hollywood Studios with Toy Story Land and then Star Wars coming out. Um, Epcot, we talked about Food and Wine Festival and all the stuff they have going on there. But, um, I mean, Magic Kingdom is, is the iconic park. Uh, and there's a feeling that you get no matter how old you are, no matter how many, time you've, no matter how many times you've done it, when you walk into the park for the first time and see the castle in front of you, uh, there's no other feeling like it. I always love, um, if I have the chance, since we're not local, we're normally going too quickly, but if we ever get the chance to just kind of sit on Main Street or sit in the Town Square area, I love seeing people walk through underneath the uh, railway station and be able to see the reveal of people's faces whenever they see the castle for the first time. And you're right that it hits people of all ages, any gender any walk of life, it's just breathtaking for everybody who yep. kind of sees that reveal. No question. So next would be your favorite Disney resort. Um, so I'll say uh, this past summer we did, uh, we did a couple nights at Contemporary for my daughter's birthday, and that was a real special treat. Uh, the kids never stayed on a monorail resort before, so we did that. So, one, I mean, the fact that you can walk to the Magic Kingdom, I mean, there's literally a walkway from Contemporary to Magic Kingdom. So being able to walk to the Magic Kingdom is really awesome. Being able to see the fireworks from your balcony, if you're lucky enough to have a park view room, um, and the fact that it was one of the, you know, one of two of the original 
resorts on property. Uh, that with Polynesian, I think just makes it really unique and, and special to be able to stay at one of the originals. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. I I feel like that contemporary gets somewhat of a bad rap. I've I've heard other people in red blog posts of people saying that it doesn't have the Disney theming that some of the other resorts do. Um, and I feel like it does. You just have to maybe look a little bit harder for it. It's a little, it's not, I guess it's over the top, but it, it definitely still has that Disney charm if you're looking for that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it's funny because, I mean, it was built in 1971 and it called itself the contemporary. So when it was built, you have to imagine that it was sort of out of this world, future, space-like almost, and this is 47 years ago, and it, it still holds up as being a cool hotel. I mean, the monorail runs right through it. Uh, it's, it's cool. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So next would be a Disney bucket list trip for you. Well, we kind of just talked about it. I mean, Disneyland, I think, is uh, is number one. That's probably in the most realistic of, of the Disney parks. Um, Obviously, I think at some point in my life it would be awesome to be able to check every single one off the list from Shanghai to Hong Kong to Paris. The funny thing is I was actually in Paris about 10 years ago um, for work and had the chance to go to to (laughs) Disneyland uh, Paris and sort of passed it up. And I I kick myself every day for for making that decision. (laughs) But maybe one day I'll get back out there. But for right now, it's just Disneyland in California for sure. Yeah, well, maybe it was worth it. Uh, I can't. I don't exactly know the timeline of Disneyland Paris, but I know um, it's been improving over the last couple of years. So maybe it was right. good to miss it and then be able to hit it down the road whenever it's now kind of come into its own as a as a good you know international park. That's right. It may have even still been Euro Disney at the time. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely at some point I hope to get back out there. So next would be your favorite ride or attraction. Um, I'm going to go with Splash Mountain. Uh, there's just something, uh, well, first of all, I think it's a cool ride, but I just love the theming with the, the, the Song of the South and the Brer Fox and Brer Bear characters. Um, that's, that's my favorite attraction at the moment. Perfect. Next would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Uh, go-to snack. Um... Got to be the Mickey bar, the ice cream bar, especially this time of year. It doesn't, uh, you know, it, it may be early October, but it sure feels like the middle of July out there. So uh, the Mickey bar is still to go to. If it does chill, if it does cool off a little bit and you're not in the mood for ice cream, then the Mickey pretzel is probably a close number two. It, my wife actually says that the Mickey bars are better when it's cooler outside because then it doesn't melt as fast. So I think, point she, well. <laughs> yeah, I think she just wants any excuse to get a Mickey bar. I, mean, I guess her <laughs> thesis is that there's no bad time to eat a Mickey bar. There's never a bad time for us. She's, she's right. She's right about that. So next would be your favorite Disney restaurant. Um, I guess I'll go back to the contemporary for this again. Uh, California Grill. Have the opportunity to have dinner there for my birthday, um, not this past summer, but the summer before that, 2017, uh, just the wife and I. And, um, you know, the reservation was right during, it was right after Happily Ever After started, so wishes went away on the apartment Happily Ever After. So I was able to see Happily Ever After for the first time from California Grill. It was a fantastic meal, great service, and then again, the views of the fireworks, and they pipe in the music uh, so you can hear the soundtrack. Now, I will say happily ever after because of the projections and all the other stuff going on. If you're going to see it once, 
it's awesome to see it in front of the casual so you can get the full experience. But seeing it from California Grill while you're having dinner is not a bad uh, alternative either. Mm -hmm. We had a similar we had a uh, similar dilemma where we were down there. I think right after happily ever after started as well. Um, and since we're DVC members, we thought about going to top of the world, but we thought, you know, if with a projection show, we really don't want that to be the first place that we see it. So I agree that, that being in the park in front of the castle is, is the place to be for happily ever after. No doubt. So next would be outside of the parks, your favorite Disney movie. Um, so usually, whenever I get asked this question, I sort of always divide it into two, you know, the mm -hmm. traditional Walt Disney Animation Studios versus Pixar. So if I can answer it with two movies, I think from a traditional Disney Animation Studios perspective, right now, my current number one, by the way, ask me this question is like asking me what my favorite Beatles song is. <laughs> if you ask me tomorrow, it'll, it'll be a different answer than what I give you today. Um, and if you ask me two days from now, it'll be even a different answer. But right now, I, I think it's Moana. I think it's Moana for right now. Maybe when Record Ralph 2 comes out, that might jump back up to the top of the list. But, but Moana for right now. And from a Pixar perspective, obviously with the opening of Toy Story Land this past summer, I've been on a Toy Story kick. I've probably watched all three of them five or six times each over the last five, six months. Um, and I can't decide which one of the three I like better. Each one, if, each time I watch it, I, I find a new appreciation for all three of them. So. Pixar, got to go with the Toy Stories, Disney, go with Moana for the moment. Those are great choices. Next one would be your favorite Disney song today. For Disney song, um, I'm a sucker for A Whole New World from Aladdin, but it has to be the version that Aladdin and Jasmine sing in the song, not the one that's on the soundtrack where you get these you know, opera singers or whatever it is, and I'm hearing Aladdin and Jasmine singing themselves while they're flying on the carpet, passing the, you know, the Egyptian pyramids and all that. Uh, what a scene, and it's just a great song. Yeah, that's another great choice. Next one would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Sure. Um, I actually saw this on a shirt uh, at the Emporium in Magic Kingdom about two weeks ago, and they did not have my size, but... Uh, they do have it on the, the Shop Disney Parks app, so I was able to order it. And it is the one, um, it's a really cool shirt, by the way. It's got Mickey on the front, and then the quote of, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, dreams are forever. Yeah, that is a powerful one for sure. Absolutely. So last one of the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory. You know, honestly, again, uh, going back to the start of when I talked about a few moments ago with bringing my children for the first time. In fact, uh, we moved down here in November of 2013, but we didn't do our first Disney trip uh, with them until the following October, right around this time, October of 2014. My oldest son was turning five. My middle son was turning three. Um, so we went for, for a week for uh, both of their birthdays. And just being able to take them to Disney for the first time, their first time meeting Mickey Mouse, their first time just experiencing all of it um, was, was, was really special. And how has that balance been being fairly close to the parks and being able to visit quite often of 
you know, keeping it fresh enough where they're still able, you know, they still enjoy going to the parks and, you know, what has that been like being able to, to take them more often than a typical uh, Disney child would be able to? Yeah, you know, it's funny because we're, we're a little over two hours away, so we're not we're not the type, you know, I'm not, the type, I'm not ever really in a position to say, I feel like I'm going to Disney after work. Um, mm-hmm. I could do it. It would be a, it would be a lengthy drive, <laughs> but <laughs> I've never quite done that. But, you know, there it is cool. It is cool to be able to get up on a Saturday morning um, right now they have tons of sports going on, but you know if they don't have a game or something on a Saturday, it's, it's really cool just to be able to get up early on a Saturday morning and say, "Hey, you know, you guys feel like going to Disney today?" Um, and they're like, "Yeah." And it's funny because I, I tell my wife all the time, one of these days I'm going to say that, <laughs> and their response is going to be like, "Eh, maybe, I guess." You know, so far that hasn't happened. Um, like I said, my oldest will be nine uh, later this week. He still gets excited about it. Um, you know, if I walked into his room right now and said, hey, you want to go to Disney tomorrow? I mean, he would, his eyes would light up. So the magic is still fresh for them, um, and hopefully it stays that way for a long time. If I have anything to say about it, it will. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I feel like it's, uh, it's a great time to go to the parks now because there's always new things. It seems like every season they're opening up something new. Um, and, as you know, as your kids grow older, there'll be new rides and new interests that they have. So... I think, um, without a doubt, there's always going to be new things that they're interested in, new experiences to go for. So um, That's right. We actually, did, we actually did the Halloween party for the first time this year. Oh, so yeah. as often as we go, that's one of the things we've never done before because, again, my, my youngest is four, so we wanted to wait for her to be old enough to enjoy it and appreciate it and be able to stay up late enough to see the fireworks and the parade and all that. So, you know, this year we thought was the year to do it because she's at the right age and my oldest is – still young enough that he gets excited about it so that was a lot of fun but you're right there's always something new um and cool to check out which is the best part my uh my wife maybe needs to take some tips from your daughter on how to stay up for a halloween party we have been to two she has yet to make it the full night we've always had (laughs) to dip out of the parks early we're going to mickey's halloween party in disneyland in a couple weeks and we, we are we are determined we are not leaving that party early can't do it. Yeah, you got it. You got naps are key. I mean, that works for a four-year-old. I don't know how it would work for for an adult, but try to take a nap in there at some point. Yep, have to. Well, great. I think those were all great choices, and I thank you so much for sharing that. So the last question, something that we ask on every episode. So if there's someone out there and they're looking for kind of the correct way to express their love or passion for Disney, uh, whether they want to start an Instagram page or a YouTube channel or anything like that. What is kind of your piece of parting guidance to that one, that person who's trying to find that right outlet? I, I would say just to go ahead and do it. Um, again, for me, I've always had a, a thing for photography, so Instagram made sense. I've always been a writer, um, so finding this blog outlet recently has been a lot of fun. But the cool thing about it is, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, whether it's your own Etsy shop. I mean, people have made a fortune, by the way, selling. <laughs> buttons and ears and and all kinds of cool things that you know it's fun to see now because you'll notice that disney fashion you know the official walt disney world merchandise has evolved and changed to keep up with what the people um on on etsy and these other shops are doing so i've noticed they've become a lot more trendy lately and i think it's in large part due to all the cool stuff that is being offered by these third-party retailers so i mean there's so many different ways to do it whether you have a shop or a blog, or you just want to share your photography, there's no shortage of opportunities just to, to put it out there and, 
and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And you're exactly right that if you would have told me five years ago that uh, Walt Disney World would start selling um, the purple wall or the bubblegum wall merchandise (laughs) and put a photo pass photographer in front of this purple wall to keep up with kind of the trend and social media and and other uh, apparel that people are to create, I would have called you crazy. But uh, I think that um, and something that I think is so unique about Disney is that, you know, I'm not encouraging anybody to break any copyright or, or steal any intellectual property, but it seems like Disney is very supportive of the Disney community of people creating Etsy shops or creating different content that, you know, they understand that it's, it's beneficial for everybody and, and they're supportive sure. of it. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line. Um, and I think for the most part, the people who are doing it are, are staying clear of any copyright violations. You're right. But they also, you know, um, I haven't gotten to the point where I, I'm this big. Maybe one day it will be. But, I mean, they also do a really good job of embracing the blogger community. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they're smart about that, too. So there's a lot of, you know, big-time bloggers out there who get invited to, you know, official media events at Disney World. So they've done a great job of not only embracing, you know, the, the Etsy shops and the photographers, but the blogger community as well. So I think, you know, kudos to Disney for, for embracing all the social media activity. Yeah. Well, I think that's great, and I think that's great advice as well. Um, so, Matt, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head out? No, I just uh, I really appreciate you having me on this afternoon, this evening. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope to see you guys in the parks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're not already, everybody, make sure you go follow Matt at WDW Paparazzi. There you can find the link to the blog that he writes on as well um, and see their adventures in the park and catch up on some of that great photography. So, Matt... Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for sharing some of your Disney stories. Um, We really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Have fun at Disneyland. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.